Welcome to So Here's the Thing, the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creative educators who are ready to take their business to the next level. Through candid conversations, tactical approaches, and a few unpopular opinions, we're lifting the veil on what it takes to build both a life and a business that you love. I'm your host, Leila Amati, a coach for creatives and founder of the Creative Educator Academy, where I help entrepreneurs step into the role of industry leaders and educators. I'm so glad that you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to So Here's the Thing. Today, I am so excited because my lovely friend, Brooke of Brooke Michelle is joining us. And I've known Brooke for like five or six years now. No, seven. I don't know. A lot of years now we go way back to like, I think a workshop we took when we were both just like baby photographers. So we have come up together in this industry and I've loved watching her grow and watching her business kind of flourish and take on so many different sides to her business. So today we're going to be talking with Brooke about growing the passive income side of her business. And hopefully she'll give us, I know she'll give us some amazing tips. Um, so if you're interested in growing passive income into your business or adding your first passive income stream of revenue into your business, this episode is for you. Um, and for those of you guys who are listening to this, when it comes out, we are going to be talking about passive income at the creative educator conference. And I would love to invite you guys to join us. Um, we still have a handful of tickets left and you can check those out at creativeeducatorconference.com. Okay. So without any further ado, I'm going to have a further ado. What is this? Whatever. We're going to have Brooke <laughs> tell us a little bit about, um, her journey, her business and why passive income is important to her. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. It is crazy that we started as like baby photographers and then now interviewing for your podcast. Super weird. <laughs> so I'm Brooke. I have been a photographer for going on 12 years, I think for 2023, since I'm thinking about the future. And I started as a senior in high school. I always say that being naive was the best asset I had when starting a business. So I didn't really know what I was fully getting into, which is fantastic. Just had to roll with the punches after I'd already started. I am a primarily high school senior and wedding photographer. Those are my two passions that I have found. And so I just mix the two together. I consider myself a professional hype girl. And I'm really excited to be talking about passive income today. So passive income to me is super important and super exciting because it just allows me um, that ability to grow my business and hit those uh, like revenue income goals that I have every year in a way that allows me to not work quite as much. So I get to have more freedom and um, truly get back to running a business in order to provide the life that I want instead of having my business run my life. So that is why I love passive income. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I totally agree with that reasoning. And I feel like we have, we just have a lot in common anyway with our thought processes on this stuff. So I'm so excited to hear kind of how you got started in it and what people can do when they're kind of looking at it and maybe feeling overwhelmed. I don't know about you, but I feel like I used to be really overwhelmed by the concept of it because, you know, you hear passive income. We all know that there's very little that's truly hundred percent passive, but it's more passive than like trading your time for your money and your services, like showing up and photographing something or showing up and working an event or whatever. So 
I love that you already kind of shared what prompted you to make that move and like why you do it. So uh, what were like the first steps that you took? Like what was the very first thing you did when you thought like, okay, I need to start getting into this. I need to start selling things outside of my services. Absolutely. So the first thing that I ever released was actually a preset pack. Um, for me, that was the easiest to just kind of get my foot in the door because it was something I was already using on a daily basis. So I went from, I have a very specific editing style (laughs) if you have ever seen my work. So that's kind of like my signature and something that will probably never change. So I was already using this preset that I had created personally and I was using it all my sessions. And then, you know, once like I was out with friends and taking photos on my phone, I then was using it on the mobile Lightroom app. So for me, that was already like created and maybe just needed to be tweaked or added to and was super easy to just export and kind of put my foot in the door and release that. Once I released that, I kind of took a huge gap of time between releasing the next thing or figuring out what my next steps were because I also was overwhelmed. And then I moved on to actually selling merch. So I kind of um, created an apparel shop because I realized that I had this huge audience of people that followed me and it was high school seniors and people planning a wedding and they... I can't serve everyone. I can't photograph a hundred weddings a year or not everybody could afford to have my services or even like want my services. So I figured that this was a way to kind of like take the audience that I had already built and kind of like put them into a new funnel of like passive income through apparel. All of the ones who followed me that were in wedding planning, maybe they were just following along for tips or inspiration or whatever it may be, are still going to have bachelorettes, still going to have bachelor parties, still going to have, you know, all of the like bridal showers, the honeymoon, all of that good stuff. So I was able to make merch based off of knowing that I already had that audience there. So I start, I made bachelorette t-shirts. I made till death do us part hoodies. And then I also really, really felt like there was a lack of colorful and bold creative entrepreneurial apparel. So I went ahead and added some of those into my collection as well, which those are absolutely my best sellers. So um, I guess that other people also thought that there was a little gap in that area. Yeah. I mean, I bought one. Yeah. (laughs) Appreciate it. And so, but when I was feeling overwhelmed, I think that my first thing that I would do and recommend is to really just like one brain dump in a Google doc. That's always my go-to absolutely to just like get everything out of my mind to make space for, you know, like logistical thoughts instead of just like overwhelming emotion, but then also just like looking at what is making you overwhelmed. So for me, the design process of when I was releasing my digital products, it was really the design process that had me stuck. I didn't feel like I had like the eye to create PDFs or like anything. And there's a hundred different avenues that you can go when you're making passive income, especially digital products. There's so many different like websites you can host them on or sell through and things like that. But for me, I was totally fine, like YouTubing and Googling and figuring all of that out, um, along with having an awesome coach. But I really struggled with having time to like sit down and design my products that I had already completely outlined and written. So they had been sitting in Google Docs for literally like a year. (laughs) And then I just decided that that was like the one thing I could use help on. So just really like tunneling in and figuring out what was actually making me overwhelmed. It wasn't releasing the products. It wasn't putting them out into the world, but it was like truly the production of 
putting them into these PDFs that would then like link back to where I wanted them to link back to, or like give the resources that I really wanted to give to people and the look that I really wanted to give to people. That really helped me to actually like put them into the world and kind of take that overwhelm off my plate. Because once I had, you know, the design going and outsourced to that, I was able to really focus on like everything else that I had already felt comfortable doing. Yeah, it totally makes sense. So like, let's say somebody brain dumps into like a Google doc, like all the things they're thinking that they might want to sell or they might want to create, but maybe it looks kind of like, and both of us, we both have resources and we have apparel, right? So like, let's say somebody's brain dumping, they're like, well, I could do like this physical product. Maybe I want to sell mugs, but I also want to sell like guides or templates or courses, but I don't know where to start. And so I'm just going to let it sit there for over a year. Like how do you determine what to start with? I always start with what either people are asking the most for from you or what you feel is the easiest to produce and just get your foot in the door. So um, if that's mugs, if that's like, you know, putting your like designs on mugs or tumblers or whatever it may be, then to truly just like starting with that and doing like one step at a time. So just seeing like, you know, as soon as you've started the project, it's so much easier to continue and add to. It's really just the starting point that is the hardest to get over the little hump. Well, once you've like messed up, figured out how to make your shop pages, you know, whether that's through Shopify Lite and connecting to your site or through like a Shopify, like whatever it may be, um, store, then once you've kind of learned that the first time and really stumbled through it, watch the YouTube tutorials or, you know, whatever you may have to educate yourself on how to get those um, started then the next ones are are a breeze. So you like the first product is the hardest to launch. And so creating that, you know, page or sales funnel or whatever you may be struggling with might take you way longer. And once you have that one down, the next ones are just going to flow much easier because you're not figuring it out in that process. You're just replicating what you've already done. Yeah, I think that's great advice. What do you think about like, how important is it to, to niche down on your like passive income stuff? Like, should it all be related to what you do? Should it all be related to one person or can you have like a variety? I think you can have a variety if it makes sense for your business. If you have a very niche down business, then you shouldn't, in my personal opinion, be discussing things that are not along that niche or that you don't have personal experience in. I think it one, what it makes sense for your audience and two, just what it makes sense for a business plan or marketing or anything that comes after. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I know I have several friends who are like, like lawyers for creatives. And when they see people selling like contracts in their shop who are, who are not attorneys, they're just like creatives who used a contract and are reselling that contract. They're like, what? This is not your expertise. What are you doing? So I agree with that. The legality of that whole situation makes me so stressed. <laughs> Honestly, just in that. I think that if you have, you know, a collaboration piece that that is totally fine. If you've like worked with a lawyer on that together, that could make sense. But if law, like law was not your forte and then you decided to resell it, the legality of the whole situation and what problem, it seems that more problems would arise from that than benefits. So I agree. (laughs) I agree. I mean, honestly, there was a time. So Tim, my husband is an attorney, as you know, but for our listeners, Tim, is an attorney and he used to write all my contracts. Now I buy all my contracts from the legal page um, just because it's, it's, I just trust her more because she is the one that is in the creative industry doing what I'm doing. And I thought about for a while, like, Oh, Tim, like let's collaborate on a template. But even then I was like, I don't want that kind of responsibility. So I just love that you said like, 
it doesn't have to be niche down to like a T, but it does need to make sense for your business. Like I have presets because I do photography. I have apparel that's targeting creative entrepreneurs and I have resources for educators. So like it all makes sense, even if I have a little bit of variety in there. Right. Right. Okay. So on that same note, I'm just like rapid firing questions at you, but I love this because I feel like you're such a wealth of knowledge. And I I think so many people have these questions. Like I had them in the beginning and I still sometimes have to like talk myself through them, especially this one. I feel like that is actually the passive income issue as a whole is that people don't specifically know what questions to ask to get started. It's like people that are planning a wedding for the first time. Like we have been in the wedding industry or like I've been in the wedding industry for like so long. And so I know what questions to get started and I like, or where to like go to figure out the answers for the questions that I have. But when you're starting passive income, sometimes it can be polar opposite to what you're already offering. So you aren't sure what questions to even begin asking to start or launch that passive income. Yeah. You're like a baby beginner again. So it's just anytime that happens, it's like scary. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what I need to know. What do I need to know? (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we're telling you today. I love it. Um, Okay. So what would you say to somebody who's like, okay, I've done my Google doc. Here's a bunch of ideas I have. My first one, the easiest one is let's stick with our preset example. Since we've talked about that, there are like a million photographers out there with presets in their shop. The market is so oversaturated. Is there even a point in trying to sell this? Absolutely. One thing that I always reference when I'm talking to others who are potentially going through this and like some of us have all like, I think majority of us have experienced imposter syndrome at one point or another owning a business is that as business owners, we are following those specific niches and keeping up with those specific niches everywhere. So we like our feeds are filled with like, you know, other photographers, other business owners and other products that we're seeing from people. But some of the customers or consumers that are following you do not follow those people. They have no idea those people even exist. So regardless of if you're like, product is super, super unique, or maybe it's something that like you feel is super oversaturated um, in your industry. It's still something that your consumers and customers may have never been introduced to before. And it still is something that they may be needing or wanting from you. Um, I think always starting with the product that is your most asked for will kind of help to start that confidence. If you first release a product that people have been begging you for, asking for, consistently bringing up in conversation, I think that that'll initially kickstart your passive income confidence and you'll see the sales come in. You know, if marketing properly, there's always, you know, you have to do the work to get it, the sales to come in. You don't just launch it and it comes in. But I think that if you like, start with the thing that people were most interested in. It can kind of just give you that confidence to know that like whatever you are going to launch next is probably also needed or wanted from them. And I referenced this quote in Kiana's podcast when I was on hers, but uh, Natalie Frank, our lovely Natalie Frank, I remember really, really early on said this quote and I've brought it up a million and one times. And I feel like I'll never stop bringing it up if it rewires people's brains like it rewired mine. But she said something along the lines of like your geometry teacher didn't invent geometry, but they can teach it. Like, so like, just because you didn't, you're not like, this isn't an original idea or like something 
it doesn't mean that you're not going to be the one that gets through to people. Like you might teach it in a totally different way than somebody else. And you might be the one that makes their like light bulb go off and change their business. Like the way that it has changed yours. I love that. Of course. Of course. We of course, have to Natalie. That. Of yeah, course, Natalie. Okay. said something great. <laughs> what a shock. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's amazing though. I really, I really do love it. And I hope that it encourages people because Imposter syndrome is real and feeling like everybody that you're following is already doing it and maybe doing it better than you would is a really hard thing to overcome. I always like to encourage people, like if you have an idea for something, but the, the person you're targeting, like your target audience, isn't people who are doing what you're doing, find like three or four people and ask them like, Hey, have you ever heard of something called a preset for your photos? And they'll likely say no. So like, just giving yourself the permission to do that little bit of research and ask around before you uh, like completely disregard an idea, I think is, is a really good action step for you. Absolutely. And there's such power in asking your consumers what they want, like just straight up, like at putting out to the world, like, is this something that you guys would be interested in? I know that when I was starting to create apparel, I had all these questions. And so my graphic designer who made my brand actually had an apparel shop. And I like set up a mentoring call with her to just kind of like get my footing and like understand like how to even go about this. And she told me that one of her ways to know if a product would sell is she would take that graphic and she would put it on Instagram on her feed and, you know, type of a caption that was related to it. And if it got like a ton of interaction and it was like a graphic that people really like interacted with, then she knew that it was a product people were going to want on a t-shirt or something of that sort. So that was her way of almost like, there's a way to just outright ask your audience, is this something you'd be interested in? And then there's ways like that where you can kind of like introduce it to your audience and then they'll see the graphic, they'll love it. And then, you know, later you like launch the t-shirt and they're like, oh my God, I remember I like saved this graphic earlier. Like now I want to wear it around. Um, so I think that there's like subtle and like, you know, direct ways to just go about getting your customers or like ideal clients reactions to what you're going to be offering. Yeah. I love that way of gauging interest. I think that's, that's such a good tip. I feel like that was one of those moments where I was like, that's so genius. Like, why did I not think of that? <laughs> Cause it's almost like, it feels like, okay, of course I would do that, but it's not something that you would just probably do without encouragement, I guess. Yeah. Or if your head is like just down, like thinking of how to launch these products, I feel like that's one of the harder, like taking a step back to actually see like the interest in it. Cause you're just like trying to get it done. Right. We're just like, sometimes like, so we have the idea and now we just like want to execute it so that we like don't have time to talk ourselves out of it or anything of that sort. That's my game plan. Whenever it comes to imposter syndrome, I'm like the faster that I get it done and out there, the less time I have to talk myself out of it or just like convince myself that it's not good enough. So for me, I would just like have my head down, you know, grinding, finishing the Google doc, whatever it may be, and not actually take time to be like, oh, this is a great marketing tactic to start even launching this product. I like that. I like that approach, like work fast. So you don't have time to doubt yourself. Yeah. Done is better than perfect. And with passive income, I feel like that is what I've learned the most is that like your first product you put out there is probably not going to be your best product, but it's going to be the one that like introduces your audience to what you're wanting to offer. And I like put like launched my digital products. And then I remember I was like, oh my gosh, like I should have included this answer or like this tip or whatever it may have been. But then I can go through, you can have like version two, version three, version four. It's not that what you put out into the world is like stuck as is. It's an always like ever like 
learning process and you can go in and change. Like you truly are your own boss, which is the best thing ever. Cause you can make your own rules and you can go in and do whatever you want. I mean, like with integrity and grace, but <laughs> yeah, no, actually the other day I got, um, I had bought like a guide from someone maybe like two years ago and I got, I completely forgot I had it. And I got an email like a couple weeks ago that was like, Hey, we have a new version and you get it for free because you bought the first one. And here is like the updated version. And I was like, that's a really kind, but like, I don't need it, but I love that. I have it. Like, I just think that's like a really, it was a good example of like, nothing is finite. Nothing is forever. You can definitely make changes and, and offer those up to the people who become your first purchasers and your first customers. Absolutely. Is there anything that has like, I'm sure actually, I know that there's probably things that have surprised you in this process, but like what has surprised you the most in the process of like building out like educational resources or passive income or your merch or anything that you've added into this part of your business? I feel like there's a million and one surprises and I'm trying to think of like these specific ones. I think a big one for me is the products that people actually like purchased or like the popularity of certain products. There were some that I like was creating and I was like, oh, like I haven't really been asked about this too much, but I feel like this is something I could definitely like bring value to and ended up being like my top selling product by like a lot. So I think that that really surprised me just like that people were interested in something that I did want to offer, but wasn't really like discussed prior too often. And then just the surprises of like how many things could go wrong during a launch and just really having to just like be human because you can't change it. Like that, like I said, you like live and learn, you just put it out there and you'll learn for the next time. But like, I remember I launched my products and I got all these emails like, Hey, the product wasn't attached to the like email confirmation I got. And I was like, Oh, solid. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think it's like, it's a huge lesson in humility, if anything, to just remind you that like people make mistakes and life goes on, but like, sometimes you have to like fall on your face to then like be a better person. <laughs> That's never a quote, but we're just going to go with it. I like it. We're making it a quote and I love it. And I think, <laughs> I honestly think like, it's a good reminder too, to think about like, if you were the customer and that happened to you, would you be mad? Like I wouldn't, I would just be like, Hey, you didn't do this. And then you move on. But as the person who's putting it out there, you're like, Oh, that was hard. Yeah. It's like when you send an email and it has like the, like the wrong subject line or whatever it may be, because maybe you duplicated it from a past email, you know, it's a huge lesson in humility, but it also kind of like, I feel like brings you down to the same level as your consumers. Cause if there was any kind of like, Oh, I'm buying this from her. Cause I think she's so rad. It's just like, Oh, she's also human. Like this things happen. Also technology happens. Like technology is so, so hard to understand sometimes. So yeah. technology also just happens. Yeah. I mean, it, things are glitchy and things are just finicky and it's just kind of tough. So I love that. And I, I agree with with those, with those things. What has been like your favorite thing to see come out of creating this, this part of your business? Like what has been the very best thing to come out of it for you? I mean, money, but aside from money, what, what's been the other thing? I think honestly, and stuff like this makes me so sentimental, but things like this just kind of like bring me a newfound confidence or inspiration for being a business owner. So I think that that is honestly like my favorite thing that's come out of it. I feel like Sometimes it's so easy to get wrapped up in the to-dos and like every day feeling like a repetitive nature of like, okay, this morning I have to wake up. I have to do my emails. I have to edit this gallery. I have to, you know, I have all of these checklists to get done every week. And 
finding something else um, along with photography that's like in the same realm that gives me such passion. There were nights that I was like staying up till 3 a.m. because I just couldn't put my Google Doc down. I just like couldn't close the laptop because I was so into whatever I was writing. They were just like teaching people what I was writing or I would like text myself ideas. I'm like, oh my God, wait, this could be valuable to someone. I think that the confidence and inspiration and almost just like rekindling of a spark, especially when things get repetitive or like burnout starts to happen at the end of wedding season was really like my favorite thing. It's just like a way to just kind of like remind myself like, I do have a lot to offer to people and there's a way to offer it to people. And even if it is scary, I feel like just knowing someone asked me on an Instagram story right before I launched my shop, they were like, what is your, what is something that you like love most about your business? And I feel like that's it as a whole, like the confidence that being a business owner has given me is like unmatched. I feel like I was like this shy little squirrel when I was like 17. And then like, from there, I've just like blossomed. I feel like people if they knew me from high school, and then they like see me now, are just like, that's not the person I remember. I was like, quiet, kind of and like, didn't really interact in like big social settings. And if I did, I was always like the quiet one in the group, because I didn't want to like overspeak anyone. And I feel like now I'm like, okay, taking up space. I'm like, okay, being loud. I'm okay being like myself and sharing my unpopular opinions or like, even just doing a podcast interview right now, like, like I was telling you, I was so nervous before, but like, I just like the confidence that it gives me to see that people like, are even interacting at all. If I get five customers, I'm like thrilled. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Five customers. Cause that's five human beings that are like, respect your authority enough to like, to purchase a product. Like yeah. it's insane. It's amazing. It's a great feeling. I love that positive. I like almost don't even want to go into unpopular opinion, but we have to, cause it's me, but like, let's, let's, like, I've been waiting for in. the unpopular opinion. <laughs> let's soak in the positive vibes and then let's switch gears and, and go with the real, real. Um, what is your unpopular opinion on this topic? Okay. So I really, if somebody has a rebuttal to this, I would absolutely love to hear it. But my unpopular opinion on like education and just like passive income or things um, of that nature is that you, there should be a time cap for how long you can teach on it if you haven't been actively pursuing it. So for example, if you like have been out of weddings for seven years now and you're releasing courses on how to be a better wedding photographer, there should be a time limit or a cap on you being able to teach on that because what was happening in seven years ago to today is like ever changing. It's always something different. There's new trends, there's new ways of marketing, there's new ways of customer service or like client experience. So I think my main unpopular opinion would just be that there should be a limit on being able to teach outside of actually practicing. I I actually also think like when you said that, I was thinking there should also be a cap on how long you can sell something that was created that long ago. Cause I know. Yeah. Like you should. Yeah. Like update your stuff. Versions. We want versions. Version (laughs) 2.0. We want the version two and the three and the, you know, continue on. Cause it's just like, you're right. Nothing is stagnant. Like things are changing all the time. Absolutely. One of my, so my most popular product is the DIY guy. It's DIY your merch shop for $8 a month. 
And I remember I released it and then months later they upped it to $9 a month. So even just something as simple as that, like my title isn't even relevant right now because I need to <laughs> update it to $9 a month. But like it, they're like, things are always changing. Inflation happens, you know, like social media algorithms change, how people like, like to be spoiled as clients change. There's just so many things that can change. And like, I think that there should be a cap on if you are out of practicing, then you just have to like retire that, that piece of your content a little early. Yeah. I get it. I get your unpopular opinion. I bet a lot of people do. But if anybody has a rebuttal, I would love to discuss it. <laughs> I've been <laughs> like DMs to, are open. <laughs> I'm like waiting to hear the rebuttal because I love like kind of being proven wrong, but I just like I need to I need the reasoning. I need to know. I'm open I to think, change my opinion if new new information is presented. But right now I'm pretty solid on this one. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually pretty much with you. The only I guess the only I always say there's like one exception to every rule or whatever, but like I think the only exception would be like if your entire like work was researching new trends and researching and getting data and seeing like, maybe you're not shooting the wedding, but all your clients are shooting weddings and you're really invested and you're spending all the time and like in the trenches with them, maybe then it's like, you could still, still maybe have something relevant, but even that I feel like is a little iffy. I, I I'm pretty much with you on this one. Yeah, there's definitely an exception to everything, but um, sometimes uh, I say that everything. This maybe. one I'm solid on. I'm solid. This one, this one we're <laughs> sticking with this. this. We're sticking with yeah, it. We're good on this one. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing all. I know this was a lot, you guys, with passive income, but like hopefully you have a good place to start. Follow along with Brooke. Where can people find you most easily? And we'll link all your stuff in the show notes. Yeah. So my Instagram is at Brooke Michelle J. And then my website is brookmichellephoto.com. Thanks for being here, friend. You're amazing. Thank you. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to sohearsthethingpodcast.com. This show is brought to you by the Creative Educator Academy, where we teach creative entrepreneurs how to teach, because I believe that industries thrive when experts can share their knowledge well. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes or see your rating on Spotify. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.